0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms.
0: Hey, it's Mariana. I'm an influencer and co-founder of Summer Fridays, and this is the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Rachel Parcell. She's one of the original bloggers. She has been doing this for over a decade. So she's got such great advice for you about using affiliate links, how to get more engagement, and how she balances being a mom while running a business because she is a mom of three and she also has her own brand that is available on her website as well as Nordstrom. So listen to Rachel as she shares some branding and marketing tips some best practices that she uses to schedule her life and how she stays passionate about content creation. And be sure to subscribe to my podcast. I've got new episodes every Tuesday. And if you're loving it, leave me a rating and review. And while you're listening to the episode, if you find it entertaining or motivating at all, I would love if you could just share the episode with one person. Now let's hear from Rachel. So I've been following you for so long, but I don't even think I know when you started your blog or what you were doing before you started it.
1: Yeah. So I started my blog in 2010. I was engaged to my now husband and I wanted to start it as a journal to document my first year of marriage. And I had never heard of like a fashion blog or influencer. It was really just for like my friends and family and for myself just to journal and remember like this special time in my life. And so I started it, I had no idea what was in store and you could say I was I was pretty naive when I started this online journal that has become this whole thing that I had I just I had no idea what I was getting myself into.
0: It's so crazy because now you've built such an amazing career. You're really like one of the first bloggers and it was really happening by accident. So at the time what was it that you, that made it like take off or at what point did you realize you could start like monetizing your content?
1: So I started it like a month before we got married and I would blog about if we went on a date night or whatever, I would like take pictures and then just write like a quick blurb on what we did again, like very much like a journal. And then once we did get married, I when when I got all my wedding images back from my photographer, I obviously did like an in-depth blog post on my wedding because I wanted to remember every detail. Shortly after that, our wedding was featured on the cover of a local bride magazine. It's like one of the most popular wedding magazines in Salt Lake. So when all the young girls around my age were looking for wedding inspiration, they're all getting married. Here in Utah, we all get married like in our early 20s. That's like very normal here. So they were pulling inspiration. They found me in this magazine and then looked me up on Facebook. And on my Facebook profile, I had a link to this blog. It was called Rachandrew.blogspot.com. And they found like all my wedding images and like every detail. And then they saw other pictures of Drew and I. I started getting women from around the state of Utah reading in on this. And right around that time, Pinterest was huge everyone was pinning so all these girls pinned my wedding images to their wedding inspo board and maybe their cousin who lives in Texas saw it and she repinned it and then her friend in California saw it so essentially my wedding kind of went viral on Pinterest and i i didn't know it at the time cuz i didn't know what google analytics was i wasn't on my the back end of my blogger looking at my traffic or how many people were looking at this. So I kept naively doing this journal blog and say, Drew and I went on a vacation together. I would post pictures and write about it. And then I started getting random comments from women. I didn't know, like, I love the shade of your lipstick. I'm going out of town too. Where did you get your sneakers? Where did your top, where, where'd your top come from? And I, I grew up with all sisters and my mom is like very much into, you support girls. Like, I don't know, like I've always been a girl's girl. I danced growing up too. So I was always surrounded by women my whole life. And I hated those girls. You'd go up to one high school and be like, Oh, I love your top. Where'd you get it? And they would say, I don't remember. And we all know that they remembered. They just didn't want to tell you. So I never, I never wanted to be that person. So when I started getting these comments, I wanted to genuinely share where I got these items from. So I started just going online, linking them for these few women that I thought were reading my blog. And I would share the link with them. I had no idea what affiliate marketing was. Well, come to find out a few months later, I had link share and reward style start reaching out and they were like, Hey, we're noticing that your website's generating a lot of sales. You can actually sign up to be an affiliate and earn a commission. So I signed up for that again, not thinking that I would ever make any money. Honestly, like when reward style first reached out, I thought it was a scam. I was like, there's no way to make any money. Like this is so random. And I got my first check for like $500. And when you're living in a tiny basement apartment that I swear was infested with spiders and you have no money, like we couldn't even We could only eat out like once a week because that's all we could afford. My husband was going to school. I was going to school. When you get a PayPal surprise for $500, you're like, what? And then that's when I started digging into the analytics and seeing like, wait, what have I created? I don't even know what's going on here. And then that's kind of how it all started.
0: Oh my gosh, well that's an amazing story because I think it's so different. Like I started just like a little bit after you, so I started my YouTube channel in 2012. So it was still like very early, but you we were even earlier than I was. And I think at the time when we both started, we had no idea. I think now people see people like you or like myself online and they aspire to be an influencer. But I the time when we started, I think we were just genuinely posting and sharing stuff like you said for like the few followers who cared what lipstick you were wearing, but it's actually like a a career path now. And I just think it's so different how it's changed in the last decade.
1: It's changed so much and it's constantly changing. Like it shocks me how quickly the industry changes, but then it also makes it fun because, you know, it kind of keeps you on your toes.
0: So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably see me talk about hair products all the time, my hair care routine, the tools and things that I'm doing. So I'm so excited to tell you about this sponsor of this week's episode, Function of Beauty. So we've all got these goals, right? To be healthy, find work-life balance, improve our relationships. But have you thought about your hair goals? Because if you don't love your hair, maybe it's time to try a new routine and it's time to try Function of Beauty instead. Function of Beauty is a world leader in customizable beauty. They offer precise formulas for your hair's specific needs. So this is how it works. First, you're going to take a quiz and go through and tell them a little bit about your hair type, your hair goals, such as length, volume, and oil control. And because your hair changes with each season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. Next, you'll choose the color and fragrance or go fragrance and dye free. Then Function's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it right to you. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free. I love, love, love how much you can customize this because there are over 54 trillion possible formulations. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com LWM, that's Life with Mariana, to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash LWM to let them know we sent you and get 20% off your first order. Functionofbeauty.com slash LWM. Now let's get back to the episode. You touched on where you live and I think a lot of influencers and bloggers live in like either New York or LA, but Salt Lake is like its own separate place. So, So for people that don't know, what is it like there?
1: So I feel like Salt Lake is a hidden gem. I feel like it's starting to get on the map. I think thanks to these women who have put their lives out there, but it's, it's an amazing place. It's so beautiful. And there are so many dynamic women here and many bloggers come from Utah, but also amazing female founders who all own their own businesses, which I think is amazing. But I mean, I think that's also something that set me apart in the beginning was when reward style reached out i started using their platform and within the first 2 or 3 months i was in their top 5 earning bloggers across the entire platform and i think brands who had been used to working with some of these women on the coast and in these large cities were like wow this this girl from you know the small city in utah she has an audience that we haven't tapped into yet. And so the brands were really excited to get on board and tap into a new audience that maybe some of these other women on the coast didn't have. So I feel like that, you know, I always thought I can never work in fashion, even though I love fashion because I'm isolated in Utah, I would have to move to a big city and work at like a fashion magazine to do that. But I feel like because I was isolated and in the middle of the country and not in those big cities. I think it kind of gave me an edge because the brands were more eager to work with me because I, I tapped into a different audience, which is really interesting.
0: I think so too. Cause I think it's so unique because a lot of times in the cities in the larger cities, it's girls who are, it's just a different like lifestyle, but you said in Utah, a lot of the girls get married younger. So I think there's a lot of mothers who resonate with your content, who are similar to your age. And it's either like the style that you have, the way that you parent, what you do with your kids and your family now. So I think that is what makes you so unique. So how would you describe your content?
1: So, when I first realized that, okay, I can monetize this. I can make revenue from this. This isn't, this isn't just like a journal blog anymore. This is now a business. I always said, oh, I'm a fashion blogger. This was before influencer. The word influencer wasn't even coined yet. But then once I started building a home and everyone was so interested in the home content. And then once I started having babies, it was very apparent, like all my content shifted to like where my life was going. And totally now lifestyle is the content I share. I still share what I wear and different fashion pieces, but so much of it is lifestyle. Like I truly share my life with these women online.
0: And I love it. Like I don't have this much space for a laundry room yet, but your laundry room is like goals. And it's so funny. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. When I build a house, I'm gonna build this big laundry room with this like table in the middle. I'm gonna have a separate room next to my pantry with like all my snacks because like it's such house goals. And we'll get to it later because I feel like so many people asked about the house thing, but I wanna go back to reward style for a second. So that's how you started at the beginning. And honestly, I used to see so much press about you, about how much sales you were generating through reward style, which is incredible. So for influencers now who are using either reward style, shop style, some sort of affiliate links, Amazon, what do you think are some best practices they could use to make money from affiliate marketing? Because I think the benefit there is if your audience, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand followers or a hundred thousand, if they're shopping, you're making money regardless.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot of my friends or family that do this as well. Some have under a hundred K some have, you know, one to 200 K they have quit their full-time jobs because of the affiliate earnings that they, they get on reward style. So it's definitely like you can, you can be so successful and tap into a very engaged audience. It doesn't matter the following count. I think a lot of people are blinded by the following count and like, really that doesn't matter. It's like, who's your audience? Who are you speaking to? What are you sharing with them? And if you can tap into it correctly, you can make amazing money, regardless of the size that you're, the size of your following, I would say, I would say, I think one thing for me, I was very consistent. And before I even realized I could make money, I was passionate about these women who were asking me questions that I could really find them the answer and provide them a way for them to purchase what they wanted from me. And so I think if you're going about it in a genuine way and you really want to like help these women and really think of yourself as, instead of like an influencer or like a blogger who's kind of this celebrity type of thing, if you think of yourself as like, I'm this other woman's online girlfriend or I'm her online guide and you're genuine about it, for some reason, it really translates through the screen. They can feel that it's genuine, I think. And so I would say like, purchase things that you truly love and that you really want to wear and that you're passionate about it. And it, it translates through the screen and your conversion rate will be higher. I think people can sense when something's not genuine.
0: Yeah. Cause I think like the reason why brands love working with you and then obviously like summer Fridays, we work with you too, is like, because your engagement is so amazing. So for other people trying to learn How to because I feel like everyone's always battling with like the Instagram algorithm. And so what advice do you have for influencers or spying influencers to get either higher engagement on feed posts or on stories or swipe up?
1: So my advice there would be focus on who you do have, focus on the women that are there. And yes, obviously you want to grow, you want to create content that will make you discoverable. But I feel like a lot of times these influencers get so focused on who they don't have and growing their audience that they forget about the people that are there supporting them. So I would say really focus on the women that are there. I feel like once I kind of let go and stopped feeling so much anxiety around the numbers of Instagram, like the numbers game, like checking how many likes I had and how many comments. And I really started focusing on the women that were there and commenting, like genuinely engaging with them and reading their comments to read them, not just to see how many comments I had. I feel like that's when my like mindset with Instagram changed and I started growing again because I feel like I grew, grew, grew. And I was like, what is happening? I don't even know where these women are coming from. It was so easy to be discovered on Instagram. And now, I mean, obviously it's, harder, but they did an algorithm change in what I think it was 2017, if I remember right. And I just remember like hitting a wall and I was like, what is going on? Like, I'm actually losing some followers. Like I'm so confused and I was so stressed about it. And so then I feel like I tried to like curate my content more and I tried to make it feel a little bit more editorial, something that really was not me. And then I feel like that made it worse and then I had a meeting in New York with a woman who analyzes social media for celebrities, really. And my agent was nice enough to, she got me a meeting with her. It was like a 30-minute meeting. And she just like really broke down my Instagram for me and was like, okay, look at this picture. Like, why do you think that this had so many likes? And I was like, well, I probably just posted it at, the, at a good time. And she was like, no, it's because... You don't have any makeup on. You're with your baby and it's a real raw moment. The woman who follows you, she craves like realness. Like she thinks of you as her friend. Like, I feel like she totally shifted my mindset with my Instagram. And so I started opening up and sharing more raw moments. And then I feel like it totally changed and I was able to grow again. And I felt like that brick wall that I had hit with the algorithm had just kind of broken down because I feel like I had a wall up and I like let that down with my reader.
0: Okay. So I want to take a break to tell you about Saqqara. I'm sure you already know what it is, but if you don't really feeling your best starts with what you eat and Saqqara gives you the ability to not just eat healthy, but really truly enjoy it. They have chef crafted plant rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health. So if you're looking to change your diet, you should really nourish your body and give it more of what it really needs. And Sakara believes in giving you more of what's good for you. So Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. They have organic ready-to-eat meals that have powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. They have a menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfast, lunch, and dinners, and they change weekly so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S., Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times and more. So, right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash LWM or enter code LWM at checkout. That stands for Life with Mariana. That's Sakara, S A K A R A, dot com slash LWM to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash LWM. Now, let's get back to our episode. I love what you said too about people are so focused on gaining new followers instead of taking care of the followers that you have. And I think that that's such a good point. And, you know, in being a blogger, influencer, I think, you know, we see the final picture, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So, what are some of the things that you do that people don't even realize it goes into being an influencer?
1: I feel like before I had kids, it was, you know, Buying the fanciest camera and getting the newest and latest and greatest lens. And I invested a lot in different equipment that I feel like really helped me, um, especially with my photography. But I feel like it's changed now. Like if I post an iPhone image, that will do better than a fancy DSLR image. And now, I mean, I own a clothing brand and I have three kids, and my life is just crazy right now. So I feel like there's not a lot of behind the scenes with my blog. It's sharing what I love. I mean, one thing that I've really gotten into lately is recipes. I love to cook for my family. I always have loved it. And if I ever show like a quick Insta story of me cooking, my readers, like, please share the recipe, please share the recipe. And so now I've been giving it a space on my website. So if they want to go back or if they want to save them or bookmark them, they can have them. So like those things have a require a lot of behind the scenes where it's not like, Oh, I'm cooking dinner for my family. And then I just hurry and take these images. Like it's a whole setup. Like while my kids are at school, I have my team over, we bring in a photographer. And we photograph the recipe and they're sitting there like, While well, I, I'm very hands-on. So I'm like, I want to make it, I'm making it. And I'm like, wait, I added a little bit more salt, write that down, make sure you add that into the recipe. So there's those things that are more time consuming and behind the scenes, really just to make it beautiful for the website, but something that like I make in my real life. Obviously when I'm at home with my husband, it doesn't look perfect like that. And it's not as glamorous but it looks pretty for the website, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I really have shifted my, my brand more of like the influencer side of it to really just be my real life. And there's not a ton of behind the scenes. Like if I get a post idea, I'll text my team and we'll start kind of building it out. But I, I lead that. And I think I drive my team crazy. Cause it, I'm not as like structured with it as I think they would want me to, but I'm like, I, I just, I want, when it comes to me, I want to work on it, but I don't like to get too ahead of myself because then I feel like my touch is removed from it. And like, I don't know, the personal touch is removed from it and then it doesn't ever perform as well. So I try and keep it pretty like organic and kind of off the cuff with that, with, that content. And then the clothing side is completely different. Obviously, there's so many moving pieces with that.
0: So that's what I want to get into next, because not only are you a mother, uh, an influencer, a blogger, but you also have this brand, which is so amazing. And I'd love to see how it evolved over the years. So what year did you launch the brand and kind of where where has it gone now? Because I know you launched the brand first and then afterwards you launched with Nordstrom.
1: Yeah. So I we released in April of 2016. And I was, oh my heck, I think I was four months pregnant with my second baby. And I was terrified because our first photo shoot, we had started everything and got our samples. We had our launch date before I realized I was pregnant. And at the time I had a, oh, she was probably five months old. Like I had a five month old baby at this time and January rolls around and we're getting all of our samples in. And I found out I was pregnant. And we were not trying. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm watching this clothing line. And by the time it comes out, I'm not even going to be able to wear it. And that's what I do. I wear something and then women buy it. So I'm going to be pregnant and not every woman is going to be able to relate to this. How am I going to sell this? I was so stressed about it. So at our first editorial shoot, I totally had a bump and I thought it was going to be a disaster, but we we sold out and literally like, 30 minutes it was crazy
0: yeah and then from there so that's when you launched the brand and then what's the partnership like with with nordstrom now
1: well so essentially i launched this brand out of my kitchen and i got my first fit sample back i was working on it on my own and i got my first fit sample back and i put it on my younger sister and i said can you try this on i just want to see how it fits you because obviously i'm pregnant so i i could not be my own fit model And she put it on and like, it was this lace dress and it looked great off the hanger or on the hanger, but on someone like the boobs were saggy, the butt, like it was the worst fitting dress ever. And she looked at me with the most disgusted look on her face. And she was like, if anyone buys this dress, they're going to return it. This is awful. And I was like, great. What am I going to do? So I went in my closet and I was just sitting there like racking my head, like, I've invested this money and I, I'm not a fit designer. I don't know how to fix this. And I looked up and I saw this white dress hanging in my closet. And it was from a local designer who had given it to me to wear at a fashion week. And I remember when I was wearing it, that I loved the fit. And so anyway, I ran, I was like, okay, I need to call this person because he's local to Utah. His fit is amazing. Maybe he can help me with my technical designs. So I texted him at like 11 PM on a Sunday night. And I said, Hey, we had only met briefly. Like we weren't, we were more acquaintances. We had met at a blogging event and I texted him and I said, Hey, can you meet me for lunch tomorrow? I have a business idea that I would love to pitch to you. And he was like, sure. So we went, we met at Nordstrom cafe. We like literally sat there for 5 hours. I brought all of my analytics with reward style. I showed him that dresses were my top selling category that I want to create a dress collection. This is my reader and I want to convert her into a customer, all of these things. And we ended up going into business together and he helped me with my fit and this all happened in I mean, I think we met in November or December and our collection launched in April. So we we like did it pretty quick in production land. That is so fast. And anyway, we launched the collection. The first day we launched, he called me crying. And I was like, what's wrong? Is it that bad? He's like, no, it's sold out. Like, I don't even know how this happened. Well, this person is Tan France, who before was not the Tan France yet. This was before Queer Eye. And so we worked on the collection together for a year and a half. And then Netflix approached him. And I bought him out when he got his role on Queer Eye. And he was so busy with that. And so then I took it over, grew the team and we I was designing in-house for another 2 years and then I was approached by a buyer at Nordstrom and they said, "Hey, like we get asked about your dresses all the time. We would love to carry them." So I flew to Seattle and met with their buy team and they asked if some of their NPG executives could be in on that meeting. NPG is Nordstrom Private Group. So it's their it's like hologen, Caslon, Grass Plum, all of their in-house brands that they produce themselves. Um, their executives sat in on that meeting and I brought my dresses. I t- showed them like, you know, the styles we create, who our customer is, our brand ethos, sales data from the last, you know, few years, all of that. And they said, Hey, like, obviously we'd love to carry your dresses, but would you be interested in a more meaningful partnership? We'll help you produce and manufacture. You can have a team of the people here in Seattle you'll be sold in you know 50 Nordstrom stores and on nordstrom.com and at the time i had two babies and i was drowning and the production side was so anyone in the land of production knows that it's like a huge task and i didn't have a team overseas and that part of the business was really just i felt like i was drowning and so to have nordstrom come and say like hey we'll take this This off of your plate for you for two years. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So it was a two-year contract that that meant that my D2C channel, rachelparcell.com, I wouldn't be able to sell the clothes on there for those two years. But I thought it was worth it for like brand awareness and brand visibility and just marketing purposes, and for the sole fact that I could take the manufacturing off of my plate. Um, so I signed that and it was amazing. We worked on collections. I think we probably had like eight or 10 together and Nordstrom produced it, manufactured it, and then I marketed it. And obviously I was very, very involved in the design process. I would fly to Seattle every other month to work with their team and work on fit and fabrics and pantones and all of that. And then the contract ended it was December of 2020. So before COVID. And I I was thrilled to be able to launch rachelparcell.com again. And then COVID hit and then I was panicking, but then it ended up being totally fine. We just launched our spring collection on rachelparcell.com in March.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was amazing.
0: And then, so now rachelparcell.com is your, the exclusive place you're selling.
1: So we're selling on rachelparcell.com also at Nordstrom. So you can still buy it. So now we operate more as, as like a traditional brand where like, I don't know. I'm making this up, but Tori, she has like her D2C site, ToriBirds.com, but then she also wholesales out to Nordstrom and Neiman's and all these other places. So now we're doing that. Nordstrom is still our exclusive retailer. Um, eventually we'll open that up and, um, wholesale out to other retailers. But I, I'm so excited to be able to offer the product on RachelParcell.com again, and be Involved in manufacturing, again, we've built out our whole production team. I love it because we can really tell the brand story of Rachel Parcell and connect with our customers in a different way on RachelParcell.com. Because obviously on Nordstrom, we're one of thousands and thousands of brands. And so you can't really tell the brand story And my customer and reader is so used to that direct connection with me that it feels amazing to be able to offer it directly to them again. And I really think that's the future of where shopping is going to. I think they love to shop on a D2C site. So I've been so excited about that.
0: So I want to take a break for a second from one of our sponsors because this is something that I love so much, especially in the last year. I've tried to take the extra time that I had to really better myself So Skillshare makes this all possible. So if you want to witness your own transformation as you turn small steps into giant leaps, Skillshare makes it possible. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There is so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, which I love. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. There are so many amazing classes to take here from illustration, graphic design, photography, film and video. And if you are an aspiring influencer or you just want to better your content, there is a video for Instagram class, Tell an Engaging Story in Less Than a Minute by Helise. She is a digital storyteller and video producer. And in this class, you'll learn how to find the inspiration for your content, pick a theme, how to edit, include text, and so much more. There's also a Skillshare class by Soledad O'Brien, and it is Powerful Storytelling Today, Strategies for Crafting Great Content, which you definitely want to learn from her about what makes a great story and preparation and how to lead a great interview practice really does make progress and advancing towards a goal is achievable with short lessons and hands-on projects. And there's really nothing better than getting better and accomplishing growth is so satisfying. So explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash life and get a free trial premium membership. So use my link and my code at skillshare.com slash life. Now let's get back to the episode. You have big goals and sure for the brand, what do you want to happen for the brand next?
1: I would say, you know, just continuing to grow and really building out our D2C site and then building out our wholesale channel. But I think like my, my blog, how it started with clothing and then it developed into this lifestyle blog. I would love to see my brand go from, you know, it started with dresses out of my kitchen with, you know, $70,000 that I had saved up and grow it into a massive lifestyle brand in multiple categories. So that's kind of my high-level vision for it.
0: Yeah, I definitely could see that because I love all things from you, whether it's home, kid. Like I'm looking at your kids' stories of stuff and I'm like, I don't even have any kids, but like, of course I want to see what your, your daughter is wearing. So it's like, I click through everything and like your home is amazing. And speaking of that, you have so many things going on. So how do you manage it all between three kids, husband, yourself, your jobs?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I still do not have this down to a science. I don't think anyone can, but I feel like it's a lot of balance and a lot of scheduling. I So I finally hired myself an executive assistant and I had been so reluctant to, because an EA is very involved in your personal life as well as your professional life. And I felt like that's where I was having a really hard time was like bridging that gap between my kids' activities and dance competitions and soccer games and photo shoots and brand campaigns that I was always running into something or vacations. And so I finally hired an EA and it was the best thing I've ever done. If you are thinking about it, you have to do it. And it's, it will change your life. Like she's worth every penny that I pay. Like she's just incredible. But anyway, having someone be able to come in and help me bridge the gap between my personal life and professional definitely was a game changer. And I have friends who own their own businesses too. And they're like, how's the EA going? I need one, but I've always been super nervous because they're more on like the personal side as well. And I'm like, I felt the same way, but I promise you like, do it. Like you need to do it. But I would say for me when my kids go to school, that's when I try and get most of my work done. And honestly, like I'll be in a conference call with Nordstrom and I'll have my baby Ford sitting on my lap. It's okay. And I think with COVID, it's also been nice because people are so much more, they give you more grace with that because everyone's trying to work from home and they have kids home and they're homeschooling. And so it's like no longer a big deal. If your baby, if you're bouncing your baby on your lap, when you're in some sales meeting. I've also, I mean, I love that. I don't have to travel as much for work before I felt like I was always in Seattle or New York or LA for work. And that always gave me so much anxiety leaving my kids. I feel like I'm, I have this like invisible tether to my kids and the further I get away from them, the harder it pulls. And I would feel all this mom guilt when I would go to New York for a meeting or to Seattle for design meetings. And it always bothered me because I'm like, no, like, this is good. Like I'm showing my kids that I'm building something and I'm working hard for something. And, you know, like for my daughter, especially like, this is amazing that she's seeing this. Why am I feeling this guilt? But now with COVID that I can stay home and do all of the same things and get everything done, even I think more efficiently from home on my computer, on Zoom calls, that has been amazing for me, especially as a mom but I just, I really try and schedule my days out. Like I have my me time where it's like, I tell my team, like I'm working out from this time to this time. And from this time to this time, I'm getting my kids off to school. Like I'm all in it there. So don't bother me. And then in work, I'm like, okay, my little sister's my nanny. So she'll take forward for me. So I can really just focus on work. And then I tell them like, okay, after three o'clock, once my kids are done, you won't hear from me again until 10 o'clock. So try and get everything you need from me before that, or I'm out. My biggest advice is try not, don't try and split your time. Like don't be trying to do do the mom thing and answer emails. For me, I just, I'm not as efficient and it stresses me out. And then my kids are like sad that I'm not paying attention to them. And then people are annoyed because I'm like not paying attention to the email or what I'm trying to respond to. So I try and whatever I'm doing, I try and be all in. And on the days that I'm like an amazing CEO and I Feel like I'm killing it in the business game. Sometimes I don't always feel like the best mom and vice versa, but I try and just focus on what I'm doing and set times for certain things so I can give my full energy to those things and not try and mix it all together because that's when it it never works out that way. And I think a lot of moms try and do that. I think they try and work while they're playing with their kids. And I just, I really try and like, okay, I have a sitter now. They're watching my kids so I can be... Full in on this, or I can be full in on my kids and zero in on them and get down on the ground and play with them.
0: I've interviewed so many people on the podcast now, and I ask them all about scheduling, and I keep hearing this over and over again from people: like batch doing one task at a time instead of switching between things is how everyone has been staying the most effective. Instead of like doing an email and then a call and then a personal thing, it's like okay, this block of time is for this task. Then the next block of time is for this. So I've actually implemented this into my own. Schedule schedule recently of like each day, like half a day I have scheduled for certain things. And so moving forward, I'm going to try because I'm like, if everybody's doing this, it must be working.
1: Yeah. It, no, it really is. And I also think that's something where my EA has been amazing because she, she'll she block my days out for me and she'll do that. She'll batch all my calls and then batch like design meetings. And so you're not like going back and forth. It It truly works.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think this was so incredible. I think you have had such a great career. It's been over a decade in the making, and I feel like you're still just getting started with your own brand because I can't wait to see how big it grows. I want all of the home things. I want all of the future baby things because you have such great taste. Thank you. So where can everyone follow you and buy Rachel Parcell?
1: So you can shop Rachel Parcell on rachelparcell.com or on nordstrom.com. My clothing line Instagram is Rachel Parcell. and then my personal one is Parcel.